That was a portion of the national anthem for South Korea. And this is Stacy Julian with episode 44 of Exactly Enough Time. This podcast is about being present. It is also about living playfully and other things like curiosity, happy colors, and connection. I am a life enthusiast and a believer, and I love to talk about people, places, and things. Listen up. I think you're going to find inspiration for living your life and telling your story because you have exactly enough time. Hello, hello. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Whether you listen today, Thanksgiving 2019 or later, I hope that you are all enjoying the blessings that you most treasure and the people that you love, that that you're able to gather with them and celebrate this awesome, awesome holiday. So today for my Thanksgiving Day podcast, I thought it would be kind of fun to share with you a story that is so important to me. It is about a person that has completely changed my life Um, a person that I am so very grateful for. And it's a story that I never anticipated would be part of my story. So you probably already know, but uh, because I played the Korean national anthem, that we are going to talk about my beautiful daughter, Addie, and how she came into our family through the process of adoption. It happens to be National Adoption Awareness Month in November. It's also International Adoption Month. So this is the time of year where if you follow uh, you know, any of the um, agencies or just people, platforms that promote adoption, then during the month of November, and if adoption has blessed your life, you're encouraged to promote it and to share about it and to talk about how it has um, changed you and your family. So. For that reason too, I'm excited to talk about Addie's story today. So I do actually have Addie in the studio with me, huh Addie? Are you there? Hi Addie. Hello. (laughs) What do you think of our fancy studio? Uh, Where are we? We're downstairs. We came downstairs today because it's a little bit quieter, you know, just to have um, the washing machines going in the background and just kind of fun to have Addie here. It's, It's a better place to record two people's voices. So Addie, thank you for doing this with me. Before I jump in, I you, you've you heard your adoption story many times because our family loves to talk about it and tell you. So before I share it today, can you remember any part of it? Like what's your favorite part of the adoption story that we've told you? My favorite part is, I guess, meeting you guys for the first time. Where did that happen? In Seattle. Yeah, and where in Seattle? In the airport. In the airport. Do you know how you got, how did you get from Korea, from Seoul, Korea, to the SeaTac airport? Do you know? Do you remember? By the, by train, no, not a train, a... An airplane? An airplane. But who brought you? Do you have any idea? My foster mother. 
<laughs> That's actually a good guess. No, no, you did stay. You stayed with a, an incredible foster family for about three months after you were born. And this particular woman had fostered dozens of children. I don't know emotionally how she did that because that would have been very difficult for me. I'm sure it was difficult for her to become attached to all of these little babies. And it was her, I mean, that's what she did is she loved little foster babies who were in the international adoption program through Holt. And then she would have to say goodbye to all of these babies. And she took such good care of you. She actually took a ton of pictures of you. She took you to all kinds of places. Do you remember, we have a, you have a photo in your bedroom. What is the photo of? Of, of her and all of these flowers. Yeah buildings yeah so it's like she's probably in a park outside of a really busy part of the city right and what color are the flowers pink and it's like a sea it's like a sea of pink flowers and it's this wonderful foster mother and a stroller and little baby Addie who's in the stroller but that foster mother took care of you but it was actually just another woman a volunteer so people in korea and this might just be interesting for those that are curious people in korea can actually receive a ticket to the united states to visit family or just to come visit if they will carry a child with them so you were just carried by another woman who wanted to come visit the united states of america and she escorted you to the SeaTac airport. And we met you on Gotcha Day. What's, what is Gotcha Day? What date is it? Do you know? October 20th? Yeah, October 20th is exactly right. That is your Gotcha Day. That's the day that our family met you. So I thought it would be kind of fun just to recount my side of the story. And you can interject anytime you want, okay? Sweet. Sweet. She's like, I can correct you anytime I want, Mom. <laughs> so this is how the story goes, and I'm going to just give you an abbreviated version. But uh, when Jeff and I were dating and eventually engaged, we had a conversation and decided that we would have no more than four children. I kind of secretly wanted five, but I agreed to four. And then fast forward, we now have uh, three children and I actually miscarried the next baby. And oh, I kind of thought it was a baby girl. Anyway, and then I had, uh, we got pregnant the fourth time and I was so anxious to find out if it was a girl. And it, we got the uh, ultrasound results back and I actually wrapped them up in a Christmas present for me and put it under the tree. So on Christmas morning, I opened up this box and I was anxious to find out whether this fourth pregnancy would result in a baby girl or a baby boy. And actually, secretly, at that point, I kind of knew and was wishing for a boy, even though I wanted a daughter very bad. And that's when we welcomed Taft. The following May, we welcomed Taft into our home. But here's the funny thing. When I gave birth to Taft, I had an impression that our family was not complete and that I was going to have another baby. And I remember calling your dad over, Addy, and I was like, Psst, you know, this is so weird. I know I just gave birth, but I think we're going to have another baby. And he was like, well, how about we just focus on the one <laughs> that we just that we just brought into the world, right? And then I continued to have impressions that our family was not complete. And I didn't quite know what to do with these thoughts and these impressions. I would sometimes go to your dad and I would talk to him about it. Most of the time he reminded me that I was way too busy. That these, this is exactly when I started, um, I became editor of Simple Scrapbooks magazine and I had these four little boys at home and there was plenty to do all of the time. But I kept having these feelings and sometimes I would pray at night, I would get down on my knees and I would pray and I would say, Heavenly Father, I'm still having these feelings, but why don't you go bug my husband? 
right? <laughs> because I'm, I'm on board. Anyway, this is kind of cool, Addie, because I have taught you to both pray and to read scriptures. And one of the reasons we do that is because we can invite the Holy Ghost into our heart and into our mind to influence us and inspire us. So one morning I was actually reading my scriptures and um, I, and this is, here's what's so cool. Okay, this was the Monday before Thanksgiving in November. What's today? When are we recording this? Monday. And what's this Thursday? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. So 15 years ago today, that's when this whole process started for me officially. So I was up early in the morning. I was reading my scriptures. And so I had been feeling the spirit. And I went upstairs to do my exercise. Your dad was at the gym. He was working out at the gym. And I had this exercise tape. And I don't, you probably don't know what that is, but you used to have to put it in the VCR. You know what a VCR is, right? A DVD player. Not a DVD player. Okay, guys, she doesn't even know what a VCR is. <laughs> anyway, you had to put in the tape and you had to hit rewind and you had to rewind the tape. Wait, is it the one where, is it the one at Grandpa's house? Yes, Grandma and Grandpa still have a VCR. Okay, this is the yes. one I know what it is. Okay. Yes, and you rewind the tape. And so while the tape was rewinding, I turned the TV on and on the TV, the, it was on the Discovery Channel and there was a show called Adoption Stories. And I'd never watched the show before, but I was tying my shoes and I heard, I looked up once because I thought, what is this about? It was a woman and she was talking about bringing her baby boy home through adoption and she was keeping a journal while she was waiting for him. And that was helping her track her thoughts and feelings. And so I looked up to note, oh, this is interesting. It's a show about adoption. And that was all I thought. And then I stood up getting ready to stop you know, the, the tape and play my exercise tape. And the camera framed this woman's face. And honestly, Addie, she looked a lot like you do. She was beautiful. And I looked into her face and I heard a voice in my head. And the voice said to me, you have a daughter. You just need to go pick her up. And I was like, what? <laughs> right? It was very, it was very unexpected but it was very clear. And so I remember standing there kind of dumbfounded and I said to myself, and maybe even out loud, I said, I don't know how to adopt a baby from another country. And right then the show had ended and there was a message that came up on the screen, actual words that said, for more information on international adoption, call 1-800-something-something-something. Isn't that crazy? And so I Wait. turned off, what? Wait, as soon as you said it? Yeah, as soon as I thought that out loud, whether I thought it or whether I said it out loud, I don't remember. But the TV all of a sudden had this message for me, so it was kind of crazy. So okay. I, was, I was a little freaked out. But I turned off the TV and I grabbed a pen and I wrote down, well, I wrote, okay, I wrote down the number and then turned off the TV. And then I was a little like, what do I do now? Because it was super early in the morning. So your dad was at the gym and it was too early to call grandma. Of course, I call grandma when I want to talk about big decisions and things that have happened, right? Mm -hmm. And it was too early to call my mom. So I went around to each of your brother's bedrooms and I looked at them and they were all sleeping. And I just wanted to, you know, just look at my kids, I guess, and just think about what would happen if we actually adopted a baby. It would be so interesting. And then I went back upstairs and I had the thought, maybe I should pray. If this really is an inspired thought, right? Maybe I should kneel down and pray. And I kneeled down and I prayed and I said, I told Heavenly Father, I think that I... I think that this is what we're, we're supposed to do. And when I voiced that out loud, I had a very instant, warm, engulfing feeling like from, the, from my, the tip of my head to my toes. And I knew it. It was a confirmation that 
we were going to adopt a baby girl. And just then, who came home? Jeff. Yep. I mean, my mate. my dad. Your dad. And I ran down and I met your dad halfway up the stairs and I said, you're not going to believe this, but I just had this really crazy spiritual experience and we are supposed to adopt a baby girl from Korea. You know the story. What did daddy say? Okay. He just said, okay. Right? That's all he said. And I was like, wait, did you hear me what I just said? And he's like, okay. And he, at the time, this is a Monday morning and he did surgery on Monday mornings. So he had to get to the OR. So he was in a hurry to get in the shower. Huh? Wait, you said OR. In the OR, the the operating room. Oh. Yeah, not the ER, not the emergency room, but the OR. So anyway, he was he needed to get in the shower and out of the shower, and he was in a big hurry. And so I kept stopping him and saying, "I don't think you're listening to me. I need you to listen to me, right?" And he kept saying, "What?" Okay. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Uh, And he left for work. Okay, so I'm taking too long to tell the story, but by the time he came home that night, he walked in the door and he said. To me, well, how come you don't think we should adopt a baby from, let's say, India or Guatemala? And I said, I don't know. I just know that it's a little girl from Korea. And this is what, do you know what he said next? Mm-mm. He said, you're right. <gasps> so I knew that he had done, done some thinking and possibly some praying and research. Your dad's a researcher. He probably looked up stuff online. And he knew by the time he came home from that day at work, he said, you're right, it's a baby girl from Korea. And from that moment on, things just totally fell into place. We had to go to a weekend uh, informational like event, seminar, I'm trying to think what it was called. And uh, we, so we drove over to Seattle and, um, and met the coordinator for the Korean program. And I'm gonna tell two more things that I think are so fascinating about the Korean program. Um, and we worked with the agency WACAP and, um, and when I, you had to go and you had to listen to information about all of the different international programs, even though we knew at that point that we wanted to adopt a girl from Korea, but we had to listen to information about all of them. And then after the, that first part was, o- was over, then we could go talk to the individual coordinators. And when I went and got in line to talk to the Korean coordinator, I got up so that I was the you know first person in line and she said, you're interested in a, in a Korean baby? And I said, yes, I'm particularly interested in adopting a baby girl. And she said to me, well, there's a couple things you need to know. First of all, how old are you? And, and I said, I think, let's see, I would have been 39. I think I was 39. I was going to turn 40. And I said, I'm just about 40 years old. And she said, oh, she said, well, that's good because Korea loves older parents. They actually prefer parents to be in their 40s so that was kind of interesting and then she said you want a baby girl huh and I said yes and she said the only way that you can request a baby girl is if you have four or more of the other gender already how many brothers do you have Addie four (laughs) four can you imagine how I felt when she said that that was another sign to me right Mm -hmm. the heavenly father knew exactly he had a plan for our family. We already had four boys, and that made it that made me eligible to request uh, to wait for a baby girl from Korea. So we love, love, love to tell your adoption story. Now, when we met you that day on October twentieth, it took almost two years to go to move through the whole process, right? Mm-hmm. We we had to have a social worker come to our house, Did and it? yeah and do what's called a home study. They have to come and check out your family and interview all of your family members and 
make sure that your home is the right kind of home and you have uh, relationships that will be nurturing to a new baby. So you have to do you have to do a lot of different things to qualify to be a family that you know that adopts internationally. Can I just say something? Of that course. Is really weird. Why? What do you think it's what what is weird about it? Hey, uh, Gordon, they're coming to our house, talking with each other's kids. Uh huh. They interviewed all of your brothers. She did. Her name was oh. Sue. She interviewed all of your brothers. Asked them all. Hey, that's our neighbor, Sue. Yeah, we have a neighbor named Sue. This is a different Sue. Oh. Yeah, but in any case, we passed and we got all the paperwork done, and then we waited almost two years. And I was actually at a scrapbooking event in Tulsa, Oklahoma, in August, two thousand five. Is that right? August two thousand five. No, August two thousand six. Hello, you have been born. August two thousand six. And my and dad called me, and I had just finished teaching a long class, and he said, "I just got a call, and there is a baby girl." That, that we can match with. And it was so fun. I said, yes, 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 tell her yes, we'll take it. <laughs> and, and your dad said, okay, you know, but we can't do that. Like the coordinator said, you couldn't do that. We, they had to send you, they had to send us all of your paperwork and a little picture of you. Do you know the picture that's in your bedroom? Yep, the yep. one that I was sleeping. Yep, it's a little tiny closed-eyed picture of a newborn baby girl and they sent that to us and then we had to sign it and finish, you know, make it official that way, but you can't just say yes over the phone. So it was kind of fun. But they also told us, this is interesting, they also told us about your mom that had polio. So they were concerned that maybe we wouldn't want to accept you. What is polio? Oh, yeah. Oh, wait, wait. Yeah. Oh, wait. The one that makes your leg all nice and crippled. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. Polio is a disease that should have been eradicated, but your your birth mom had a rare case of it, and it did, and it left her crippled. So she, um, did we say this already, or did I tell you this before? Yeah, they told me this. Like, yeah. Just so before we yeah. Recorded. So she wasn't. Yeah, she wasn't able. Your birth mom was actually not able to to complete um, what is called primary school. It's like elementary school Mm -hmm. because she was crippled. So at the time in Korea and then they lived in a very small village. So her mother, this is kind of the sad part of the story. Her mother, your mom's mother, your birth grandmother actually abandoned her child because she was so embarrassed or upset that your mom had this disease. And so she walked away from her family and your mom was very poor and she had one older brother and her dad was a laborer and he was off working right and so he had been off working on a job and she he came back home when she was about 19 years of age and he noticed that his daughter looked pregnant so while he was away your mom had met a young man and he suggested that they you know were intimate right he suggested that and she ended up pregnant she knew so little. She wasn't raised with a mom that taught her anything about her body or developing. And so I think a lot about your birth mom and my heart goes out to her. I don't think she had, you know, at all the support and love that she needed. So when she realized she was pregnant, she went to her father after she thought about it. And we only have, we have about a paragraph and a half that's written, right, in the report that came with you. And she went to her father and she said, I want this baby to have the best chance for a happy life and I want to adopt this baby. So they put her on a train and they sent her to Seoul, Korea and then that's where she gave birth to you. And when's your birthday? 
July 1st. July 1st, 2006. And we actually were able to bring you home, you know, to meet you at the SeaTac airport when you were just over three months, about three and a half months old. And that's very unusual. And that's because of the condition that your mother had with polio. You were considered a special needs adoption, even though you are perfect in every way or almost perfect in every way. (laughs) So we were so excited. Yeah. To be at the airport and why, and I wanted some people when they adopt children from other countries, um, it's necessary for them to travel to that country. And because I had, I was already, uh, you know, because we already had the four boys, I wanted our whole family to be there. The minute I met you, I wanted everyone to meet you. And it is one of my happiest memories. That's the, we talk about that a lot, don't we? Mm-hmm. Meeting you at the seat taker. But do you remember the funny part of the story? What happened after we met you and we passed you around and we oh, all... I started screaming. You did start screaming. We had been at the airport about 45 minutes, right? Visiting mm-hmm. with the coordinator and just passing you around and loving on you. I couldn't believe... This was the thing. I have another part of the story I want to share too. But we were ready to take you home. To grandma's house and you started screaming I'm not talking crying I'm not talking loud crying I'm talking wah, 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 like really 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 loud screaming it was crazy and you screamed for 45 minutes straight that was long screaming I don't think I've you've never cried that long in your entire life since then <laughs> yes and you cried until you exhausted yourself and you fell asleep in my arms and you've pretty much been a dream child ever since. But oh. when you were screaming, I thought, oh dear, what have I done? <laughs> oh, can I skip ahead? Huh? Can you, I skip ahead? You can skip ahead. Okay, sweet. When we went, when we went home to Spokane, uh, uh, Korea has a different time change than here. Yes. So then my mom had to uh, stay up, take turns, Switching back and forth. Uh-huh. And then my favorite part was when you said, or Dad said, take care of this baby and not make sure that she does not fall asleep. That's exactly right. Day. That's exactly right. So when we brought you home, because, right? Yeah. When it's, when it's nighttime here in Spokane, it's daytime in Korea. So for one week, your sleep-wake cycle was completely reverse of ours, Right? Mm-hmm. And you literally were awake all night. And you didn't fuss or cry necessarily. I mean, I, you know, I needed to feed you. But you just were awake and you wanted to interact and play. So mm-hmm. I would stay up with you until midnight or 1 o'clock. And then dad would get up with you and stay up with you. Or maybe, the, maybe it was the other way around. Maybe I went to bed early and then I would get up and I would stay with you. And it only lasted for one week. But that we brought you home on a Saturday, if I remember right. And it was the following Saturday. And dad and I were super tired because we've been doing that for a week. And that's right. We woke up on that Saturday morning and we called our four boys together and we said, we have one job, one Saturday job for you today. Do not let this baby fall asleep. (laughs) Right? And they kept you awake all day long. And that night you fell asleep, you slept through the night and you've pretty much been doing that ever since. Okay. So I'm just curious, what, just tell my listeners, what do you think about adoption? Like, do you have questions or thoughts about it? No, not really. But I just wonder how long did that process take? The whole process. It was almost two years. 
You mean before? You mean from making the decisions to adopt you until we were able to actually meet you? Yeah. Yes, at the airport. It was a two-year process. How I'm curious. How often do you think about your birth mom? Do you wonder Um, about her? Mainly on my birthday. Yeah. And how is she? I guess how she's feeling about this decision. Yeah. And if she regret it. Yeah. Or probably not. Well, you know, I think it's I think there's a lot of emotion she feels. I'm I know from being a mom that she thinks about you every single day. Mm -hmm. Day and night. Yeah. I don't think she regrets it because I she knew that she couldn't give you the life that she wanted you to have. Do you want to meet your birth mom? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Would you like to travel to Korea? Maybe, but just not yet. Maybe, but you know, we don't feel quite ready to travel to Korea. Not yet. So, and we don't actually know, for those listening, um, when we get ready to travel to Korea, we can reach out to the agency, and it depends. Like, Addie's mother may have left um, communication in your file um, to, you know, that we can try and get a hold of her. Most of the time, um, birth mothers don't do that, so it would be very difficult for us to find your birth mother, but we would certainly try our very best to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Eddie, I sure love you. Your story changed my story. I'm so grateful. Do you have anything else you want to say? Uh, oh, there's one photo, you know, when you looked up the, the photos. Uh-huh. I like the photo of... Uh, dad and me with my crazy hair that it just sticks <laughs> straight up and then my dad looks like so tired and I just look like huh yeah camera. there's a and we have we love photos don't we we love looking at pictures but there is one picture that was during that week when we were trying to um have you you know you were awake when we wanted to be asleep right mm-hmm. yeah. and it's a picture of you and you're in dad's arms and he's laying on his bed isn't he Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah. And when you were born, you had a tuft of dark, black, beautiful hair. And all of our boys were born bald. Like bald, bald, bald. (laughs) But Addie came with beautiful dark hair, and it did stick straight up for a little while. It was pretty awesome. Okay. But so, girlfriend, you have changed our lives. We love you. We're so grateful for adoption. And I just wanted to share a little bit more about your story. And I appreciate you doing that with me today. Okay. Okay. What do you think? Do you think stories might be important to families? I think so. I want you to have a memorable holiday this season. And I want you to slow down enough to really be present with the people around you, to talk about the relationship that you have and to relish in the the memories that you've shared. That's what story is. It's just telling each other about the memories we share and the relationship that is that has grown between us, between individuals and within families. I'm so grateful that Addie was willing to come on the podcast with me today. I want this holiday season to be one that's different because you focus on stories. And I would love you to join me next year in a new online class. It's called 20 in 20. The purpose of this class is to help you 
focus on relationships with stories. My goal is for everyone in the course to craft um, 20 stories, 20 stories that are unique to you, to them, to my students. I am able to coach anyone through the process of gathering what they need, photos and information, memories to put together in stories and to preserve and to document in a way that you can display them in your home and bring them into your life and through that process become more aware, more present, more grateful. That's what I want. You can learn more at stacyjulian.com and just click on the the banner at the top that talks about the 20 and 20 course. You guys, happy Thanksgiving. Have a great time giving thanks for the abundance in your life. I am so grateful for you. I will be back next week with another episode of Exactly Enough Time.